Hello, hello, hello! Oh, Welcome to episode five, five of Let's Talk Film, Film Bitches. Bitches. How exciting is this, Anna? I'm so excited to be on episode five, episode of, five. of many. Episode five of many. You know what, guys? Just to give you a bit of perspective. Anna and I did try and do the first take, and I said, "Wait, welcome to episode four. Because you know, it's so much fun being being uh, recording Let's Talk Film Bitches that it doesn't feel like an actual episode. It just feels like an excerpt. It just feels like we're having a little chat, just as yeah. friends. So um, we are together in person, yes. recording this together, which is great. Can't wait. Um, so hopefully, you guys will. Feel the chemistry feel dripping the through chemistry. into your ears. Yes, we are both in the same room both for in the, same room. the first time in months, I yes. feel like. Yeah, the first time in months. And we are really excited to get into But I'm a Cheerleader. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. I, this film is just like crazy. But it's, it's, it's weird to think that this is where we recorded the first episode. Yeah, I feel Batman. like it's come full circle in the yeah. five episodes. To <laughs> in the whole time. The film is <laughs> ending now. <laughs> Shall we start off? By letting everyone hear our fabulous theme song. Yes, I love this theme song. Let's roll the track. Let's go, here it comes. Let's talk. Oh, bitches. Oh my god. (laughs) What? How did you say that? (laughs) I don't want to say (laughs) it. With Neve and Anna. Okay. So I want to say before we get started with our scene shuffle, I have a little confession to make from last episode. So last episode in scene shuffle, we did our top 10 films of 2022 in the first half. Yes. And I went on to Letterboxd and I saw that Belfast, my number three spot, actually came out late last year so it is disqualified liar i'm sorry i don't know what to tell you so but that's the good news because sonic the hedgehog 2 has now bumped up the ninth place yes come through guys i finally have a win that's my that is my win i i finally get justice for sonic 2 even though it is still technically last place you know what's funny sonic 2 and we're not going to talk about sonic 2 for a long time sonic 2 in Glasgow. Okay, guys, you can skip to 69 minutes into the podcast. 69 minutes. <laughs> Sonic 2 is, like, old. It's an old film now, compared to, like, Thor, Love and Thunder and stuff. Well... And the cinema still has this gigantic poster in Glasgow of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Quite right, because they know that Sonic is, is just the best, and Sonic beats everyone. Do you know, I have well, always liked Sonic more than Mario. Sonic is so swag compared to Mario. Mario is just a good boy. Mario doesn't do is anything. Is Mario a good boy? Mario's kind of a slut. <laughs> okay, well, I didn't mean a good boy in that sense. Um, I just—I think... mean, he—he he goes after Princess Peach and, and Princess Pauline and Rosalina. But Sonic That's just has a bit of like bit... action right there. But he's a plumber. He's a plumber. Wow. And he's working with his brother all the time, and he's like, "Oh, let's go and get some lasagna." Lasagna. Sonic is like, "Yeah, I like chili dogs." So I think Sonic wow. is objectively the cooler of the. The two Nintendo characters. Even though or Sega. Sonic Sega. Is Sony. Is it Sony or Sega? Sega. 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 I thought Sega was owned by Nintendo, but that... No, I was thinking that because they did Sonic and... Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, I thought yeah. that they were under one umbrella, like, company, i.e. Nintendo. Yeah, and then... 
big fan right here. But you know, Sonic, I loved. Do you know? I think one of my gay awakenings was Blaze the Cat. Blaze the Cat. <laughs> I think Blaze is hot. One of my gay awakenings was <laughs> Cuckold. <laughs> <laughs> and you were arguing Hey, last... I like Cuckles in the games Not the movie <laughs> You were arguing that Knuckles isn't sexy In last... the movie In the movie but In, in, in the, the Nintendo games. games, on the tiny screen Ooh, you, were, you were squinting on that tiny Nintendo screen Weren't you? I was <laughs> Okay, so Let's move on to Scene Shuffle. shuffle. This is our second time doing Scene Shuffle. Yes, what are we doing for Scene Shuffle today, Neve? So I had an idea for Scene Shuffle, and I thought it would be a good experience to talk about the first film we can remember seeing in the cinema. Yes, definitely. So do you want to go first? Yes, I can go first. So my first film I went to see in the cinema was Shrek Forever After. (laughs) Shrek Forever After?! OMG, what one is that? It is the fourth one where is it Rumpelstiltskin? Yeah, I don't signs mm. the contract. But Fiona's hot in that. Fiona's. Fiona's. Fiona I am bisexual for Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we went on primary three, and we went with like I think our whole school went and to see Shrek Forever After. Like oh even my... the primary sevens went. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I mean... What age would would be for primary three? like seven i think i was seven yeah that's about the same age as my film as well i think yeah so what what film did you see first so this is the first memory that i have of the cinema okay and it's a bit of a long story i don't know if you've known this story before but we all know here at let's talk film bitches that i am a huge pixar stan of course but i haven't always been a huge pixar stan a gay gasp (gasps) 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 how could you so before i even knew what a cinema was Obviously, Pixar films were on in the house. And I was scared of the Pixar lamp. Yes, I remember the story. I was scared of the Pixar lamp. And every time we watched a Pixar film, I would have to leave the room when that lamp came down to me. It's ominous. And you know the one where it's like, the it goes black and you can just see, ooh, it's yeah. terrifying. It's, it's, yeah, I guess. I mean, I was scared by Toy Story 3. <laughs> so I, I, can't, I can't say too much. But so, yeah, I... Even though I'm a big Pixar stan these days, it hasn't always been that way. And this goes for this film. Yeah. So, so I remember. So we were driving to the cinema. I'm not going to tell you which film we we're going to see. And I I think we'd just been after school and we were going like maybe an hour away to see this okay. this film. And I kept saying to my brother, Rory in the car, he was at like asleep at this point. And I think it was oh, what year did it come out? I think I was at six or seven around that age. Okay. And I kept saying to Rory, it's okay, you don't have to be scared. You don't have to be scared. Even though he was like... He's, oh my God. He's like, I was like, in the cinema? No, this is on the, the drive to the cinema. Wow. This is on the drive to the cinema. Okay. And we got to the cinema and I saw the poster for this film and I screamed so loud and I could not go into the cinema and I did not end up seeing this film. What? Until like, I was much older. M- what not much. film was it? Can, can you guess? The only thing you can guess is Monsters, Inc. No, no, no. Objectively- was it Walls and Grub at the Curse of the Were-Rabbit? <laughs> it was Wally. Wally! <laughs> I saw the poster. I saw Wally on the poster. I was scared of Wally. I saw Wally on the poster and I was like, shit, I can't shit. do this. 
And yeah, I threw a tantrum and we did not go and see Wally. And then when we did watch it, we watched it at home and I had to like be sitting in between my parents. Oh, that's so adorable. And then I loved it. So yeah, Pixar story for me hasn't always been a smooth one, but I will watch Wally anytime now. So what's really, you know, Uh, what was that? What was the first film you actually went to the cinema to see that you can remember? I have a feeling it was The Muppets. <gasps> wow, that's such a great movie. I have, that's the first one. Again, at the cinema. Either that or Cloudy with, a Ch- Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, where we were the only people in the cinema. That's probably a better one, actually. Wow. We were the only people in the cinema for that one. And it was really, like... And, but I can remember being weirdly scared of it, too. Like, remember yeah. when he put the shoes... I mean, I love that film. And I for years, I didn't watch it. Because I was like... Yeah. I was like... And I got a really bad feeling after I was in the cinema watching it. Um, I think it was because of the shoe thing. You know, he gets his shoes stuck he on. He does not take his shoes. He can't take his shoes yeah, off. Yeah, he can't take his shoes off. And it was, I was like, oh. Like, I don't know if you're going to get, like, stinky, <laughs> stinky. In, the, in the shoes. <laughs> I hate that word. I know. As everyone in the last episode probably heard, I hate that word. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, so I think that's definitely the first one. But that is a great film. It really is. That's a really good film. And, you know, sometimes with Sony, they either really hit the mark with their animated films or they completely lose it. Because yeah. that film had the same... Um, feel as Mitchells versus the Machines. Yes, exactly. Which is a film that we absolutely loved. You know, so I it had exactly the same feeling. But Sony either hits the mark or they they don't. So yeah, um, there's not many Sony films I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Apart from Cloud with a Chance of Meatballs and the sequel and the Mitchells versus the Machines. That's such a good film. It really is. And we watched that together for the first time. And I just yeah. remember feeling... I remember I, I asked I asked if you wanted to watch and you were like, eh, it's kind of, you know, meh. And, I, and then when we watched it, you were like, oh my God, this is the best loved it. ever. So now that we've talked about our scene shuffle and yes. the first films that we ever watched in cinema. Yes. What were the first films that you saw? Let yeah. us know. Let us know in the comments on our Instagram. Account. Our Instagram is... Popping off, sis. It really is. I'm so happy. So yeah. if you guys can engage with our Instagram, tell us what your yeah. favourite... What your favourite? What the first film you saw was. And your favourite film. And that. your favourite film. Yeah, Go for it. it. Your first film. And if it is your favourite film. Ooh. I know Shrek Forever After is up there. Jokes. <sighs> That is the worst Shrek film, objectively. Shrek 2 forever. Shrek 2, my God. Shrek 2 is a good... The soundtrack. <laughs> okay, so shall we move on to our picks of the week? Yes, let's do it. Woohoo! Pick of the week. Here they come. So, Anna, what did you think of School of Rock? So we watched, I was on Letterboxd and I remember I put a review down on Letterboxd because we watched School of Rock last year in May. I can't believe it's already been a year. Oh, that's crazy. I know. And, oh my God. And, and my review said something like, I don't know, Jack Black kind of got me inspired over here. <laughs> I, I remember four that. four stars. I remember you saying that, yeah, I remember that. And I watched it. And I loved every second of it. It's such like just a feel-good film. It really is. Jack Black... One of my stars is just Jack Black. He is perfect in the role. He like knows exactly when to act or overact. Yeah, yeah, he's he's an icon. He really and is. And I think the role just really suited him. I don't, I can't imagine anyone else playing. Literally, I don't. Um, I can't imagine anyone as committed as Jack Black to the role. No, no way. But I also think that the supporting actors are good. I love um, 
oh I, I don't I can't remember her name but I love the the head teacher and when she's rocking out to Stevie yeah. Nicks yeah I love that and that was the first time that I and you know guys I am also a huge Stevie Nicks fan um, and that was the first time that I heard a Stevie Nicks song was when Edge of nice. 17 was playing in that when I watched it the reason I chose that film for you to watch is because I watched that film and I was really young with my family mm-hmm. and it's always just been a film that we joke about and talk about so it's just um I just yeah good nostalgia trip yeah absolutely that's what I want to do with these picks of the week is just be like hey this is why I watched yeah um yeah I loved the actress who was also in iCarly she was amazing. Miranda Cosgrove, yeah. yeah, she's good. She's really good. She's like, she's good why aren't you giving me homework? Where are our grades? And when he tears down the poster, she's like, she's like shook. Yeah. <laughs> like her entire life has just crumbled to the floor. I'm sure one of them died really recently. One of the, no. um, I'm sure it's the guy that like plays the lead guitar. Zach. I think he died. Oh my God. I'm sure he so died. Zach. Not- Zach. Did such like that child actress was probably one of the best. Oh yeah, definitely. And he had he the, had he was one of the main, um, yeah. the main kids from it. So, um, yeah. So my other star is that it was so well directed. Like everything had such a clear story for a children's film, but it also like had puns and jokes and cinematography that was clever to the uh, to the film. And the plot, like it was, I felt like it was very coherent through the, uh, through the film. Okay, he's still alive. He's still alive? He's still alive. I'm sure one of them passed away, I'm sure. Um, let me have a little look. School of Rock. Oh, there's School of Rock dead. What a... School of Rock death. Kevin Clark, um, who played Freddy, yeah. Freddy in the School of Rock movie, the... Was the drummer? Yes. I knew it was one of one of them. Oh. Freddie in the school rock movie has died in a road collision. That oh was my God. that was just after we watched it last year, twenty seventh of May. That's crazy. What, is it, what does it say here though? It says here on, oh, he died on the twenty third of March, twenty fifteen. Sorry, we have the we have we, the, have a, we have a look here, but I don't yeah. know why it's. Oh well, maybe it's school rock drummer dies. This is says twenty. This says twenty twenty one. Um, yeah, okay. uh, that must be that must be wrong. But yeah, yeah. he definitely died just, Lil Chris. just after. Yeah, bless him. So, um, R.I.P. to Lil Chris. Yeah, and he was really like I remember that was a big thing when he died, and everyone was suddenly yeah. like, "Where are the School of Rock kids now?" Yeah, um, I can imagine. So, but yeah, yeah what a blow. Yeah, it's awful. Um, so sorry to to Zach, who I said was dead, but yes, wasn't. I'm sorry. Um, that was a mistake on my part, so... Yes, so one of my wishes were that Ned Shrevely, the actual Ned Shrevely, the actual Ned Shrevely, Ned Shrevely, he's a bit dopey and a bit boring. Like I think he's I supposed like, to be, though, to reflect a teacher, like, to deflect the like the that difference is, and his juxtaposition. Oh, my God, we cannot speak today. I know, what it's is going on? We're too excited with all this energy that's in the same room. It's juxtaposition between who the fake Ned Schneebly is, who, you know, is yeah. obviously Jack but Black. even when the principal teacher... Mm-hmm was like they went to a cafe type bar yeah sort of thing 
and she got pissed. She can let go a bit, she yeah. She let go, and like she had more dynamic because of that. Mm-hmm. But with Ned, she's he's like, I have she's a girlfriend. A bigger... Get a fucking job. Yeah, yeah. I do like that actor though. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he did a good job. And then it didn't really pay off for me to see him like teaching the kids guitar at the end. Yeah. Because it's like you're just coasting on. But I guess it comes full circle because now does... he's coasting on. Um... Oh, fuck! What's his name? Oh, I can't. And Jack Black's character. Is it not Buddy or... Oh. I almost have it. It's at the tip of my tongue. What is it? Oh, Ooh. God. Another it was. Okay. Let's 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 look this up. It's just... Here it goes. Elevator music. Dewey Finn. Dewey Finn. That's it. Yes. There we go. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my wish for the film. So, I'm so glad you enjoyed it again. Yeah. I remember the first time we watched it and you were like... Oh, the first, I've never seen this film. Yeah, when we were going to watch it the first time, because we, uh, I go to film school, <laughs> and we actually studied the first 10 minutes of this film in one of our classes in first year. And when I watched the first 10 minutes, I was like, ugh, what is this? And then when I watched the full thing, I could appreciate the start with the rest of the film. Yeah. And it really made it better. I also love the end credits, because the end credits going for yeah. ages, and you it's know, them all singing. Yeah, I was like... I was desperate for the bathroom and there was like two minutes left. I'm like, please just hurry up so I can go to the bathroom, please. And they're what like, did you say about, like, you said something in the last episode about how you were desperate for the bathroom. It was with Jurassic Park and you were like, I was desperate yeah. for the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I have a very weak bladder. Uh, yeah, but like, TMI even, for the Let's Talk Film Bitches listening. It was really funny for them to be like, saying, we're singing even though the movie's over. I'm like, just keep it in, just keep it in, just keep it in. Okay, time to take a piss break. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> okay, now that Anna has taken her yes. a very long piss, it's time to go over my... Yes, your pick of the week, which was the imitation game. The imitation game. So, the imitation game was something that I would never have picked to watch. It's not... Yeah. It's not. Um, but that's what pick of the that week is, is all yeah. about. So it's... You're giving me films that are like nostalgia-based and I haven't seen them from your childhood. And my aim for your picks of the week is to like introduce you to... My cinema, you know, something that's not Pixar related. Piss <laughs> off. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely not something that I would have watched on my own, like, of my own... Accord. Yeah, of my own accord at all. Um, it's more something that probably my dad would watch. Like I a, can see that. Like, I think my, um, my parents have a tendency to put on these, like, these great, very well-received films yeah. at night, and, and they're just kind of like chilling watching them so i was a bit uh-huh. like oh yeah. meanwhile upstairs sound the hedgehog too <laughs> <laughs> so um but i was actually really surprised by this film i all first of all did not know that it was benedict cumberbatch, benedict cumberbatch. i had, i didn't know that he was yeah and, he's uh, alan turin yeah i just was like and he did a great job he is one of my stars he really did he he's not my favorite person in the world apart from Apart. Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> he's not my favorite person in the world just full stop um for other reasons but i just think that he embodied the character really yeah. well and the the kind of innocence and mm-hmm. the the drive to do good that alan yeah. turing had and just portrayed him really you really well. got across the anti-socialism of his, yes of him. absolutely i thought i thought he did a great job and and he's a great actor you know he really is he's a really really good actor um i also well my next snar 
Snar? Snar? Ugh, can't talk again. My next... We need to go back to English class and this kind of language. <laughs> My next star is that the plot kept moving along really well. I thought that I was going to like... Yeah, I thought I was going to be honestly, bored. Um, but my only wish was that at the end... Are you going to criticise this ending that had me in no, tears? No, 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 not at all. What the, the end was really touching, but throughout the last act of the film, where they broke Enigma, it was yeah. very like you didn't really see a lot of the... Like, you heard about what came of it, but... Yeah, yes. Because yeah. it was a secret and, you know, everything that... Like, they're, they're heroes undercover because nobody knew of Enigma in Britain. Yeah. And they I don't think they publicised it very much. No, it was 50 years, I think, before Yeah, before, before they, anyone knew that Enigma yeah. had been broken and that's how they, they won and the that's war. that's how they won the war. And, like, it's even more heartbreaking because, spoiler alert, Alan Turing takes his own life at the yeah. end of the film because he's gay and he has to undergo this horrific conversion therapy that yeah. is just crippling him. Not even conversion therapy it's chemical castration to yeah to um, to reduce his libido because he's a gay man and that is the last thing that anyone would want and you know i think there were some really horrible yeah. slurs used in there like um, what a way to to like that's just treat a war and, hero and, yeah exactly like when they... who's basically saved our country mm -hmm. from german occupation mm -hmm. i um but yeah i just wish there had been a bit more kind of like we saw the fall or yeah, that, a bit more of the result of it. Yeah, um, but at, at the same time, like... Um, I guess that reflects on the secrecy, though. It's the same though. wish I had for Marion Tonette when, uh -huh. I, when yeah. I said... Uh -huh. It's very similar to that. Yeah, it's very but, similar. The ending is very... Yeah, and like when you said Marion Tonette doesn't really see... Or like, you know, it's all about the materialistic things uh -huh. and we see her room shattered. Uh -huh. It's kind of like that's what... Alan Turing got at the time. He got nothing. Yeah. He got no recognition for his work. Uh -huh. So we kind of felt that loss for him as well. That's true. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But overall, I thought it was a really good film and the, the pace was great. Casting yeah, was great. Um, don't know if I was a huge fan of Keira Knightley. I was a bit lost with her position as well because she was portrayed to be this great, like, oh, she's got such a big mind. But we, I know there were reasons she couldn't be at... The, the with Christopher the machine, I yeah. knew there were reasons that she couldn't be there. She had to be with the women, but of course. I just I I was a bit confused as to what she was actually doing. Like, what was she doing behind the scenes? Was she working at the radios? No, no, she no. could have been. Like, was she intercepting? Because remember when Alan was and he was like, "Oh, there's a common message." Yeah. So I think she was intercept. I don't know what I she was doing, so. but I was a bit lost with her position, and I'm not a huge fan of Keira Knightley. Okay. Um, That's fair. But I did think that Benedict did a great job. Yeah. And he good old he really does do a good job in whatever yeah, because, role like, he's in. You see, Alan Turing, Sherlock, and Doctor Strange are all vastly different characters that have to be played extremely differently. Well, I would say more the differences between Alan Turing and Doctor Strange. I would yeah. say that Sherlock is a wee bit in the middle. Um, that's true in yeah. terms of social awkwardness and like mysterious kind of... like figuring out stuff yeah you know i would say that um that is probably a, a good kind of scale to to look at that on um but i would definitely watch it again yeah i, I would also watch school of rock again well you did already uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um 
so yeah, I just I thank you for recommending it to yeah, me, and, and I said to my dad, oh, this is what Anna has has given me to watch, and he was like, oh, that's a great film, it's it a really great is. film. So, um, thank you for widening my um, my film knowledge there. Yes. That's I what appreciated we to that. Do it. Let's talk film bitches headquarters. <laughs> CEO of CEO LTFB. Of LTFB CEOs. Okay. Shall Are we move we into our... Are we ready to get into... I'm a cheerleader. Oh, I'm so excited. Me too. I love this film. Oh my god. I have so much to say. Me too. It's all in my head though. If you If you were here you could see that I've got a few keywords written down and Anna has got... Um, a big list of things so um, let's see how this goes <laughs> uh yes so are we going to do a 30 second summary yes we shall yes. i'm sure i did 30 second summary for you did so i am i'm pretty film. scared to do this oh i'm pretty nervous right let me get a timer up okay elevator music please yes this is taking me a bit longer 21 seconds 22 seconds three four five 30. 30. Yes, you would think that we have this sorted before the episode. <laughs> Here we go. Three, okay. two, one. Okay, so the shows the film starts with the, the, the film starts with sexualized uh, pictures of cheerleaders, like with their breasts and their uh, underneath areas, and then this Megan character goes into this Megan character goes 15. into conversion therapy from Mary and RuPaul's there. He's an ex-gay. Um, Graham is in love with Megan. Megan's in love with Graham. They kiss. Megan cheerleads at the at the graduation after the complete uh, conversion, and Graham runs away with her. Okay, you know what? This is good. Can can say like because I spent so long on them. The the cheerleaders have the cheerleaders have breasts and underneath bits. <laughs> Whoopsie doopsie. So. But I Am a Cheerleader is a 1999 film directed by Jamie Babbitt. Yes. Um, so basically this film is about conversion therapy. That yeah. is at the core of it. And I think what's really interesting about the film is that it came before a lot of the more serious conversion yeah, therapy like, stories. It really what trailblazed, I feel like. It was a very trailblazing film in the sense that they could like satirically laugh because it was especially yeah because a female it's satirical. Uh, a female directed um film mm-hmm. and it's taking on a very serious subject like almost it's bold like, to be satirical yeah. about this especially when it was something that was and is something that mm-hmm. is still currently going on and, and that it's really well done because like RuPaul's in it and we all know that RuPaul is gay wait what I know. <gasps> on, I just found that sound like a wait, gay? <laughs> yeah, he he dresses up as a girl. <laughs> let's talk film bitches cancelled. <laughs> Homophobic let's talk film <laughs> Yes, uh RuPaul's in it and mm-hmm. uh, Natasha Leone, wh- mm-hmm. who is an ally, I believe. Yes. Yes. And for them to be Don't in it. Don't forget Clea Duval. Uh, of course Clea Duval. Who plays Graham? Graham? Yes. Yes. <gasps> Duval. Someone likes Clea Duval oh, a lot more Clea than the other. Clea Duval. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, to have these big like uh, queer names in the film also lets us laugh at it. Yeah. And not feel bad because we're both uh, part of the LGBTQ community. That's just the part. That's just what the film is aiming to do. Because you yeah. know, as I say, so long before 
serious conversion therapy films like The Miseducation of Cameron Post and things that really tackle conversion therapy as it is expected to be handled in a serious, like, oh my goodness, how is this happening kind of way. The best thing about Biomaterial Leader is that it tackles this with comedic and satirical yeah, effect. so funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, All the so, way through it. Oh my God. So good. And like that element, it being so satirical and comedic, it's not... It's it's making a mockery of the homophobes. Exactly. And it's that's like, why it's interesting. Because it's so funny when they go to this conversion camp and I thought like, oh, it's going to be like in the forest, like away from nature, just like raw, like what we're supposed to be like yeah and when they get to the house which is like a blue and blue and pink like gigantic love house exactly i laughed out loud oh okay so just to dive into the plot a bit further let's start off so first of all we meet megan who is a happy high school senior who we think is in love with her boyfriend obviously jared the the straightest name ever Jared, Jared, yeah. Jared is the straightest name Jared. in the world. If he wasn't called Jared, he would be called... Jack. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so, she, we see that she is typically straight. She has big blonde... Big blonde hair. Big blonde hair. I mean, she does. <laughs> she has big blonde hair. And she... She's a cheerleader. She's a cheerleader. She's feminine. She, we just think, okay, yeah, she's straight. And that's, this is part of this film, is that... She's a feminine lesbian, so yes, it's it's exactly. tougher to identify her as a yes. as a gay. So So while she's like going about her life, not thinking that she's, you know, different. Or her, like she's actually gay. Her friends and family friends are like, and family are like psst, psst, psst. she's gay when you step into camp. There are loads of reasons why, which are just crazy like what is it tofu she's vegetarian she She only eats tofu she has an obsession with melissa etheridge which i just think is hilarious melissa etheridge hilarious and she's a poster of a woman in her walker yes of course and and they all present it in plastic evidence bags which i think is so funny like (laughs) here it is (laughs) here's the evidence here's the cocaine (laughs) so um basically all of our friends and family get together and have a meeting at our house. And we meet up with ex-gay Mike. Mike. Mike Paul is... Charles himself is Mike. <laughs> so Mike is from True Directions, the conversion camp that um, they're hoping to send Megan away to. And he just has this great appearance. He's got... Oh my God, he's iconic. Straight is great on his straight top. He's dressed in all blue. He has these, the tightest pair of shorts <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's all right for he you, isn't it, Anna? hair. <laughs> what are you saying? Well, you would like the look of those shorts, wouldn't you? Damn. <laughs> so Megan is sent to True Directions by her family, which uses a five-step program to help the campers become heterosexual, as if you can become heterosexual. Spoiler alert, you cannot. <laughs> so these steps are... Step one, admitting you're a homosexual. I'm a homosexual. Step two, rediscovering your gender identity. I'm a female. <laughs> Step three, family therapy. Hi, Mom, I'm gay. <laughs> Step four, demystifying the opposite sex. Oh, my God, is that a dick? <laughs> and step five, simulated sexual experience. Oh! oh! <laughs> that was completely raw, guys. That was not planned. That was raw. <laughs> <laughs> so, Megan is brought to 
um, two directions and she meets a few different people. So yes. there's already been one day of conversion therapy. Uh, Megan's been a wee bit late. So we meet yes. Mary, who is the founder and a strict disciplinarian of um, True Directions. the campiest person you will ever meet. Literally. She's life. dressed in all pink and she has a, a seemingly um, heterosexual son yes, named Rock. Of course. Rock. Rock. Rock is, <laughs> rock, rock is not rock, straight. Rock Johnson. <laughs> rock is the gayest and tempts Mike. But oh anyway, we'll get into oh, that later. He tempts me. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to say, he, she is camp at a conversion camp. Dun, dun, Damn. Dun. I love an confirmed. Okay, carry on. So Megan meets a group of fellow people trying to cure themselves. And this is, I think what's really interesting is we meet a whole different variety of people. Yeah. So um, obviously we meet Joel, who is a Jew. He says, hi, I'm Joel. I'm a Jew. And I'm a heterosexual. Hey guys, this is Neve in the editing studio. I actually meant homosexual, not heterosexual. Bye. We meet Sinead, who's like, hi, I'm Sinead. I like pain. I'm a homosexual. Goth. Um, and we meet a whole variety of different people. It's definitely not... They definitely all do, don't look like Megan and they definitely yeah. all seem to be more... You could pick out of a crowd which one of them is straight. Megan. Exactly. So... And I like that because we'll get this and we'll get into character with this. But these are, you know, parts of the different LGBT community. And it's like, But it's also stereotypical as well. Yeah, It's exactly. also stereotypical and, and... This whole film is stereotypical in a sense. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Megan is convinced that she is not a lesbian. She And after hearing from the other people in the group, wait, not everyone thinks about tits like that. Megan, I think about tits <laughs> like that. Um, I love that, like, <laughs> seductive ASMR, like, Megan, you're a you're a homosexual. <laughs> and Megan goes, I'm a homosexual! Yeah. And with her eyes all crossed, which is um, crazy, and she has this kind of moment of, we don't know really know how happening? she's feeling. Um, yeah. So basically, she starts on these steps. She's admitted that she's a homosexual, and they start on these steps. Now, throughout this journey, Megan is paired up with Graham, because one of the best parts of being heterosexual it's friendship, of because course. Because heterosexuality equals friendship. <laughs> and You're so too right. Don't what worry. did Mary think was going to happen when when she paired up two girls? There? What did Mary think was going to happen when she put all the girls who are all gay in the same room, Ugh. and all the boys who are gay in the same room? Sex. That's what's going to happen. You know, vibration, vibrator stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, Megan and Graham don't seem to get on too well at the start, but then we learn that. Hmm, maybe there's a bit of chemistry between the two of them. And one night, Sinead, who likes pain, is um, using aversion therapy, which we've seen, yeah. you know, and obviously in in a film about conversion therapy, we assume that... We, we assume, assume that aversion therapy is going to be way more... Extreme. You know, extreme. we assume that conversion therapy is is going to be portrayed in this horrible way which of course it is horrible like we assume yeah, it's that it's disgusting. going to be portrayed but of course this is a comedy film and it's yeah. not going to be portrayed like that but, but of course they're going to give the girls like <laughs> vibrators type shocking system so the um Sinead has this aversion therapy baton that she's using to um have a little night time fun yes and she's obviously thinking about graham i think i think she's got graham's sock i think that's what megan says she's like oh, isn't that graham's sock right I that was supposed not, to be no. natasha leone that was not 
Is that Graham's sock? There you go. That's better. <laughs> I um, didn't realize that's what that was used for because I was like, a sock? Like, don't men need socks usually? <laughs> that's kind of weird. <laughs> so um, she's using Graham's sock and then uh, Megan gets this great idea to go and have a little bit of fun with her yes. um, with her aversion therapy stick. She gets... She gets the ideas from Miss uh, Sinead. Yes, and uh, is thinking about Graham as well. Yes. And do you know what the funniest thing I think about this is that she's like muttering prayers when she's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <'cause>, <laughs> but it just it just it, like externalizes and emphasizes her inner conflict. Yes, absolutely, because she is she's the Christian yeah. girl. She you know she mm-hmm. the whole through the whole th- film she's wearing a cross on her neck, which yeah. really says something about. Um, her values and and who she is. Yeah. So so as she's helping herself to a little bit of aversion therapy, <laughs> uh, she catches is it dolphin Clayton under yeah. the table. And they're having it of. They're just having a little bit of fun. Fun themselves together. Yeah. Um and Megan does a bit of a silly thing and decides to scream, and Clayton is put away in the doghouse. And Dolph is made to leave. Yes. So. The uh, doghouse. Yes. The doghouse. The doghouse. <laughs> oh my God. So after this, we see that, uh, I think there's a quite a nice moment actually, which I was a bit surprised that, that Graham wasn't really like affected by Megan doing that. Like, cause everyone else is a bit like, what, Megan, why'd you have to snitch? But, and I think yeah. Sinead says something like, oh, if you do, if you were to do that to me, I'll kill you. And then um, Graham says something like, what are you going to do? Shock her to death? Yeah. And I was like, mm. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, so what we see after that is a bit of the blossoming of the relationship between um, Megan and Graham. Graham so yes. there's a bit of a and touch it kind in of the arm. Like, yeah, it kind of goes more into friendship than just friendship. No. Oh, they're they're being gay. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> more into friendship. Oh, more than friends. Yeah, more in friends. Not more, more than... into friendship. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm not a homophobic. <laughs> You're not homophobic. You're not a homophobic. <laughs> so we see that they're doing all these activities and discovering their gender identity, i.e., just doing stereotypical cleaning the house and the things yeah. that women should do being in the kitchen etc and they're doing it together which was a really big moment for me because as a lesbian it's difficult for me to have seen um women together growing up and in in spaces where they're living together and raising children together and, and having a life together and yeah so it's it's nice to um it was nice for me to see that and that was definitely yeah that's definitely a moment and you know they're having fun and they're they're comfortable with each other, which is, is great. They are. Um, so one night, ex-ex-gays, Larry and Lloyd, come and pick them up in their bus. Yes. And take them to Because this is before step four? I think this is before... Because this is after the family therapy where Megan's like, oh yeah, my mom was making money for us for nine months and... And my dad stayed at home and, like, that's why I'm gay. Yeah. And, and Megan's like, they talk yes, about their damn roots. right. Yeah. Megan's a mom. Um, so they go to Cocksuckers, the bar, yes. and Which... see a different life that they could lead. Yeah, like um, a life that is actually... Enjoyable or yeah. swell. And realistic. Yeah. 
So they go there and Megan and Graham share a little kiss. And then they go home. Sinead is a bit pissed off. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't uh, Graham do like a really cute thing and like run to Megan's venue like good night? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. Cute. And then they have sex. They Do you know that? Does they, they have... Yeah, after the after the yeah, they have sex, course. remember? I'm so sorry. They shag. Yeah. Which is like literally the first portrayal of lesbian sex that I saw. Well, it's not, you know, you don't see anything. You don't you don't see any tits, guys. Don't go watch it. You know, you know, you don't see any tits, but um, you know, it's a portrayal and it's it's completely different to how we saw Megan at with Jared where she's just getting exactly. penetrated in the mouth by his tongue penetrated the whole in the time. Gotta love that Yeah. <laughs> um so, and then Sinead tells on them. Yes. And Sinead... Bad Sinead. Because when Megan tells on the boys, she's doing it because she thinks it's the best thing. Sinead is doing it out of jealousy spite, and yeah. spite. So, Megan is sent off. And Graham is... is um, Graham kind of rats, rats Megan out. There's a bit of a spat between the two of them. Yeah. And Graham has other reasons for wanting to carry out this conversion therapy. I mean, Graham is a lovely, beautiful lesbian, like maybe not your classic, definitely not your butch lesbian, but definitely yeah, not your course. femme lesbian, just a lovely, just my type of lesbian. Well, no, well, my type of woman yes. is um, is my beautiful girlfriend, Millie. Yeah. Um, yes. But my type of lesbian is... Is Graham. Claire Duval. So... Um, Megan goes to is in exile and they basically just give her her suitcases and send her on her way which is kind of yeah and it's it's made clear at family therapy that if that kind of thing was ever to happen again then then they will not be like yeah her parents wouldn't take it in so which is bullshit that's nice Um, so after that Lion and Lloyd take it in and Megan meets Dolph there who she Kicked out. Kicked had, had kicked out. out because he was doing gay stuff with Clayton. So they make a plan to go back to True Directions to win back both Graham and Clayton. Now yes. it works. I think Clayton runs immediately to Dolph. Clayton runs and immediately. But, uh, Graham pushes pushes Megan away. I think it's so funny at the graduation ceremony when Megan isn't... Megan. Megan pulls uh, Graham down to the floor and then Me- and Graham just gets back up and like keeps walking. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, everything's normal. Yeah. Um, and so we see that Graham is going to go through with this and graduate as straight uh, yeah. for her parents who, that's another story. They were all dressed in white, by the way. Yes. And Graham is in this ridiculous pink. Oh yeah, but her hair. Her hair looks yeah, so good. Her hair She's so great. beautiful. <laughs> me thirsting over, this this episode is just gonna be me thirsting yes. over Clay Duval, I'm not gonna lie. And me thirsting over rock. <laughs> so um then Megan brings out the most iconic scene ever in gay history and she performs a cheer for Graham. And Graham It is really nice. Graham runs away and they make out in the back yeah. of the truck and that's the end. That's the end of the film. That's but I'm a cheerleader. There you go. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to jump into the Character. characters. So, so do you want to go bone by one? Let's do it. So, I'd like to talk about Megan and Graham first. Okay. So, Megan is 
the thing with lesbians, especially in the 1990s, late 1990s, is that everyone thought that a lesbian was one thing and one thing only. The short, boyish yes, haircut, the check exactly. shirts, the lumberjack look. Everyone thought that if you were a lesbian, you had to look a certain way. Yep. And you don't. No, obviously. That's not true. But I think that this is... Megan and Graham are complete opposites in that sense. Yeah. In the way they look, but also in their personalities. Megan is extremely innocent and Christian, and she wants to be good for her parents, and she wants to do this. Mm-hmm. Whereas we see that Graham is experienced. Graham talks about a previous, which is also so accurate, talking about how she had a relationship with her friend and then got caught. Yeah. And she was sent there. That's how she ended up at True Directions. And... She says basically the whole thing is to not get caught. Yeah, which is which is which says something about the film and, and the message that the film portrays in the first place. Um, but I also want to highlight that this is almost switched by the end of the film because once yeah. they have shagged, Graham takes a really withdrawn outlook because she, she's been caught again and obviously mm-hmm. that is what sent her to to two directions in the first place and Megan is the more passionate oh I want to be with you I don't yeah, care I'm exactly. I'm gay I'm a lesbian kind of thing and I just thought that this was really interesting and the, yeah, the I've never thought about of, the role reversal before yeah absolutely I just think I just thought that that was a really interesting uh, way to look at it and to see how these two characters kind of have like an opposites attract yeah kind of feel about them at the, but at the same time mm-hmm. they are constantly like, evolving Megan brought out the tenderness in Graham and Graham brought out the rough and tough in Megan absolutely in some sense. Um, yeah I also like how in the beginning um, like Megan only wants to be identified as a cheerleader which yeah. I think is perfectly acceptable mm-hmm. because you know you're, you're you get to be identified by whatever you want and the fact that um, all her parents and friends are forcing this identity on her that she doesn't want to accept yet, she's not ready to accept yet, mm-hmm. it's, it's unfair. Like, even if they were supportive, that's not the way you go about being supportive, I don't think. Maybe. I mean, she is unhappy in her relationship, but she's a 17-year-old, and you should trust her to make the right decisions. Do you agree? I don't really know what you're saying. Like... You know how they force her to come out, like and say, like, "Oh, I'm homosexual." Yeah, she's not. Like, yeah, she's she's not discovered that about that, herself. If you were yeah. to force her to come out, even if you were going to be like supportive and positive about it, you shouldn't ever force anyone. to. No, because that's just a breach of privacy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I think that this was that's the whole point of conversion therapy, though, is that even if you don't know that you're gay, I mean, people people are sent to conversion therapy who don't even. Who aren't even gay. I know. People who are straight are sent to a conversion You know, therapy. because... And it's... At the end of the day, conversion therapy is not for the pleasure of, of those who are going. It's for the... No. Exactly. It's for the convenience of those around them. Literally. Which is... Which is, is heartbreaking. A, is, a, is an unreal thing that actually happens. You know, conversion therapy isn't so that... That the person who's... Been taken by the devil feels better about themselves you know it's basically to like cover face and make the amount of people that check themselves into conversion therapy is very small and those who do do it because of their of their family influence and the other the other things that influence them yeah it's just 
ridiculous. I also wanted to speak about the roots. Yeah. Which I just think, I just thought... They were hilarious. But at the same time, is it only one thing that makes you gay? Like, this is... This is... This came from his perspective of, oh, if... Right, okay, your mum your mum wore pants at your wedding. That made you gay. <laughs> or like, you were born in France. No, <laughs> you have to... Being being gay is not something that you are taught. Or not something... Not something that just happens one yeah, day. It's, because it's every evolution of puberty. You know, you can say, you know, you can have a sexual awakening and say that the first time you saw Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth or any Chris apart yeah. from Chris Pratt yeah. was Chris Pratt Hate Club. Um, was the time that you realised, oh wait, I'm, I'm interested in men or I'm interested mm -hmm. in women Literally. or whatever. But you you can't just pinpoint suddenly turning. Yeah. And I just think that those experiences that they're talking about, i.e., their roots, such as it's... getting changed in the bathroom with other boys, or, yeah. you know, liking Melissa Etheridge or whatever. Yeah. It's not just a that's not it's not just a thing that happens no it's it's not just um it's ingrained into your it's who you are as a yeah, person yeah absolutely um you know and and they're acting like like it isn't natural for people to to feel certain ways and and go through puberty and, and become sexually attracted to people they're acting like it's it's disgusting but if it was a man and a woman if you were saying oh you know yeah, i i saw like i saw sex. chris hemsworth on on in thor oh that's I'm straight now. That would be fine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because um, it's your decision. Yeah. Um, but it's very like if if um, gay sex is so like outlawed in the nineties, like yeah, especially with like these kind of parents, like if you're in a heterosexual relationship. It's fine. You can do whatever the hell you want. You can get pregnant. Yeah. For all they care. Uh -huh, that and it's just like, a, oh, she's pregnant. Oh well. Yeah. It's you know you. Can... They don't really care. They're just like, she's straight. That's fine. But if you were having a, showing someone that, you genuinely were were going to be with for the rest of your life and are completely in love with, that's a it's a sin. Mhm. Mm yeah, and like the parents are probably even I'd say arguably worse than Mary. Oh, absolutely. So aggressive towards their children and so like if you do not do this we will not let you go to college yeah we will not get a life mm -hmm. which is yeah. heartbreaking um i speaking of the parents i wanted to to highlight graham's story a wee bit more so when in the family therapy step uh, we see that graham's parents her mum has left and she's got her stepmom discovered her being gay yeah with her best pal and we see suddenly a vulnerability to Graham. She's not this hard, oh, laid back kind of not even laid back, but intimidating person anymore. She's 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 gone back into her shell, and yeah. her her dad is like, we've not paid all this money for you to come and not Literally. graduate, and you're you're not going to be um, an F slur anymore. You know, I'm not gonna have it. I'm not gonna have it. And we see suddenly that this the effect that this has on Graham. And I know people who have been treated that way because of their being queer. And it just, it just highly, you know, because obviously this is such a, this is supposed to be comedic. This is a, this is yeah, a, a comedy comedic, film. But the undertones, like at some point you can really And it's important to feel, do that in yeah. the, the conversion therapy because I think the best thing about this film is that it, 
it's fun to laugh at it, but you have to take note that it is a very serious subject. And Absolutely. like when the parents came, that's one of the times the film cracked the comedic. Yeah. The thing when they were like, after it was whole born in France thing, and Graham's parents were shouting at her. It was just like, you it see just made it all it the more real and serious. And I'm glad that the film took the time to, like, step, back, step back from this um, comedic cover. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think you know, with with a film that's when you look at it and you, you know, because by the title, "But I'm a Cheerleader," does not tell you that it's going to be about conversion therapy. No. And when you realise that it's about conversion therapy, you're expecting horrific things. Yeah. And this film is the is a great film all in all because it makes a mockery of straight people in the film and it homophobes really well not not straight people of homophobes that was that's what yeah. i was meaning to say so in this, but in this in this film all the straight people are homophobes true true so it shows us that a different angle and it's a satirical way of saying Look how ridiculous you look at stopping these people from being. I alive. know, literally, it's it's such like a mic drop moment. This film, I feel. Absolutely. And then, yes, and we have to talk about each of the each of the camp mates really quickly. Andre, oh, gay Andre. icon. Andre is the one that's supposed to be as stereotypically gay as as can be, yeah, flailing around. Yeah. Um, what does he do? He like when, when he's, he's chopping, chopping the wood, wood he and just he's flinging the axe. <laughs> yeah, and he's doing all the the feminine movements and stuff, and it's a yeah. ser- you know stereotypical. I mean, we all had that that person in school who was the coded you know stereotypical yeah. gay gay boy, and and I think we can all relate to having that um, and seeing that kind of character around. Um, I was quite interested in Joel. Um, Joel was Jewish and Joel was genu- genuinely the most interested in becoming straight Yeah, I think because um, after I think Graham kind of teases with him and is like oh I, I, I think I'm attracted to, to Joel I'm sure it was that's right I'm yeah. sure it's when they're getting intimidated not uh, interrogated by Mary yeah. about the cocksucker um, Graham kind of saves the group by going actually I think I have a crush on Joel and then Mary's like, oh my god, this is such great news. <laughs> so, so yeah, I thought he was quite interesting as he was the only one that was like absolutely dead set on, apart from maybe Hillary. Hillary was, was pretty dead set on becoming straight. But I don't yeah. think, I never heard any extreme passion from Sinead. And Andre just was, Andre was excluded from the group because he could never be, he was shunned away because he he was too gay and he could never be straight yeah good on you andre <laughs> quite right um yeah and rock of course oh rock, rock is rock is just rock is the obviously gay son of mary and it's so funny to see mary be like look at my son he's manly you should be like my son and, and he's in like <laughs> even Short. tighter tight yeah. shorts and he's like oh yeah and like stroking the, it's when he's it's when he's stroking the the broom. Yeah. And oh I, my god! I had a gay heart the, attack. All the boys are like, ooh. Even and even Mike's Mike like, is like struggling oh. to keep it together. Speaking of Mike, <laughs> Mike is. We don't see as much as Mike as I remembered. No, I think my only criticism of the film is that I would have liked to see 
Mike's character arc completed in the third act. Yeah. Because we don't really see him at the graduation. No, I was thinking that. No, I don't no, think we, we don't. do. No. no, no, we definitely um, don't. Yeah, like I would have liked to have seen like him and Rock get together for like yeah, to, like run away with them and like being like, I can't, I can't resist <laughs> you any longer. Um. Yeah, I think the characters definitely are. The characters are the biggest part of this film and the most yeah. important you know they, they really build on the character stereotypes that absolutely made yeah and, that's, and it shows that that's the biggest part of a satirical film yeah underneath these like goth emo um feminine yeah people. absolutely and then lastly before we move on to we need to talk about mary the antagonist absolutely what a bitch <laughs> mary is just a really interesting character i think because she's so camp and so clean and her homophobia comes from a different place it's not because it's not because she doesn't want her her son to lead this unholy lifestyle it's more coming from a gays are dirty perspective and she's in yeah. she's got her gloves on and she's ready to to um disinfect everything and yeah. keep things clean and that's coming from a different more possibly even more harmful perspective of of um homophobia and saying that that everyone who's gay is dirty and needs Literally. to be exterminated and and um immediately yeah yeah and like um what was i gonna say yeah in the step five of the the sexual enactment of adam and eve yeah which is so cringy to watch oh it's awful they're in Ma- these like Mary- skin tight yeah with suits and like nude suits and when they're actually like forced to get in position and like oh thrust. and then she she says she's something just sitting about, there watching she's them. she's encouraging them she's saying oh um rock put your throbbing member and, and i was like oh my god that's um, her son yeah. and then because i was watching this with chana and <laughs> and chana was so like oh my god what the fuck and then and then mary's like go son go on and then Chana's yeah. like what is i forgot there i forgot he was your son yeah yeah it's um it's just an awful oh it's it's really just but it is hysterical because she has the flashlight as well and yeah goes into the room and like Who's being gay? <laughs> no gay activity in here. No gayness. So, shall we move on to the plot? Yes. So, I really enjoyed the plot as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the characters really, and like, they really weaved with the plot. Um, like, let's see. Like... It's deliberately awkward at the start when they're hinting at her sexuality because it's like, why are you forcing this storyline on someone who just wants to be a cheerleader? Yeah. Type thing. Um, but it's, it, you know, the whole plot is satire. Yeah. It's, as we've exactly. spoken about, it's that way to deliberately make make a fool out of those who are who homophobic. Homophobic. Yeah, it's. Conversion it's, therapy um, works. It's a different perspective from the likes of the miseducation of Cameron Post, which is a lot more extreme in terms of the portrayal of conversion therapy. And this doesn't so much make people feel guilty. It makes people feel embarrassed to watch it and and show them what they're actually like. Mm -hmm. Um, I also thought it it was interesting that this film was a lesbian film. I think coming from a lesbian 
there are definitely different struggles. Of course, yeah. That um, gay With men have. Gay men, like, there's this... As I, I like, I grew up as a boy, so... Like, Wait, what? Yeah, I, I'm... I thank what? you, but also, like... Are they not real? <laughs> don't don't question my socks. <laughs> socks. Socks. Um, yeah, growing up as, like, a, a boy... Mm -hmm. Like, I was never masculine. No. And... Everybody used to make fun of me, like, oh, he's so skinny. He's so, like, he doesn't like football. What kind of boy doesn't like football? Yeah. And, like, all this, like, why are you crying so much? Ah, uh, yeah. There's definitely... Bitch, I'm gay. <laughs> That's why. There's definitely different um, portrayals or stereotypical portrayal portrayals of lesbians and gay men. Um, and I think that oftentimes some people think it's easier to portray gay men in media. Um, maybe that's for... Maybe that's another male supremacy thing um, but there are significantly fewer films portraying lesbian relationships Yeah, um, and I just enjoyed seeing this film that was out in the late 90s about mm -hmm. you know it, it really did young, the way. young lesbian love and I just think it's um, it's a, a real landmark moment for lesbians and cinema Exactly. On queer cinema. And that's why it's so important to to lesbians everywhere. I mean, every every lesbian or, or queer woman that I know knows about this film and realises its relevance because it was the first of its kind. Yeah, to, literally. To do something like that and to be somewhat mainstream and to become a queer classic film. Yep. You yep. know, it's... Yep. it's yep. Um, Absolutely. It's just, it's really great. Like, I f feel like the the film by Mature Leader, um, like, there's not many films like it, even in present day. No, not at all. There's not, not at many low-budget No, I, and that's, that's one thing I want to say as well. I mean, the budget was only a, a million, and it, originally it was half a million, and then it was bumped up to a million US dollars. Yeah. It didn't need a bigger budget. I don't no, think. I don't think so either. I think it was really, I think the whole point of it was to be this. Kind of like the, indie film. The focus was on the 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 relationship. It wasn't, didn't need to be flashy. Exactly. You know? Yeah, it didn't need to be like Hollywood mainstream because that wouldn't make it relatable. No, as, absolutely. As as it, it needs was. to be a real story written by real, real women. Real women and real people. Um, and, you know, I didn't even mention this earlier, but it got $2.6 million in the box office, which is Two and a half, or double? No, two and a half. I mean, one and a half times. Yeah, one and a half times. Yeah. It's um, it's no. Two and a half. Two times. and a half times. It's maths. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> but I think another interesting part of this is just how, I mean, the reception was really bad when it came out. Like was it, it? Yeah. Well, apparently, it only has on Metacritic a thirty-nine out of a hundred. Because people just weren't ready for this movie. No, and and um, it's. You know, it's because are, of the plot. People are always going to be homophobic at the end of Literally. the day. Literally, like look at Lightyear. We reviewed that last week, and it got review bumped because it had one gay character who died in the first half an hour. Yep, absolutely. Literally. Okay, shall we move on to the themes then? Yes, let's do it. So the main. What did you think the main themes were? So I definitely oppression and homophobia. Oppression, homophobia. Yep. And love. Love. I love. had acceptance. 
family, self-discovery, religion, um, sexual identity, all those good things. All those good things. Yeah. Obviously, um, the the biggest. I think the biggest indicator of the gender identity is obviously the clothing that they wear and the colours that are literally throughout yeah. it because the whole film, blue and pink, are weaved throughout the whole film, which obviously represent boy and girl. But your boy and girl and that stereotypical yeah. um views of a boy and a girl mm-hmm. and what they're they supposed to be. They kind of poison like the colours. Yeah. They corrupt them. Absolutely. You know, those those films are those colours are completely um tainted. Tainted with um, gender um, stereotypes but at the same time when this, when we see pink and pink together and blue and blue together it's like a kind of euphoria and because they're the same colours they actually look better together yeah exactly you know and it so yeah but you have a really interesting point about the um, yeah I'll get to it when I when yeah. we cover our shot of the weeks um, about the colours um, but overall like in the in the start we see that Megan is very religious and it makes her it makes it hard for her to accept her own sexual identity. There's a lot of denial because what she's taught, gays are bad. Gays are bad. Gays are bad. Um yeah, so she decides to go to she decides to go to No, she doesn't decide what am I talking about? She's forced to go to conversion therapy to get this dealt with and she faces a lot of inner conflict about accepting yourself and accepting others like we see when she telltales on is it dolphin clayton yeah yeah um it's just she's so she's so confused and you can see the pain in in her expressions and her her thought processes throughout the entire film like she's really being taught the opposite of what she should be being taught, which is that you should accept yourself, you should accept others, you should let people live the way they want to live mm-hmm. because everybody has a different way of life. And in fact, heterosexuality does not equal friendship. No, not at all. Nothing. Like, you can't be gay and not have friends. You can't be straight <laughs> and not have friends. That is so stupid, fucking Mary. It's because, because people assume that if you're... People assume that friendship equals girl and girl and boy and boy like boys can only be friends with boys and if you're gay then you can't be friends with girls because you'll just make out with them all the time which is still something that's so relevant in society today you know what annoys me you know what annoys me what annoys you Neve? when straight girls kiss other straight girls on the mouth for pictures and they're like, oh, mm, future wife. Mm. And then they see an actual lesbian couple doing that. And they're like, Ew, yeah. gross. Yeah. No, that's not big isn't, stonks. Isn't that just ridiculous? It's so hypocritical. It's just get a fucking life. And if you're going to, sorry, I got real yeah. passionate about this. <laughs> this is something that I'm really yeah, big on. Pop, pop. Because if you are out there going, oh, Oh, I love you mm, with your your best pal, and then you're saying yuck to two women holding hands mm-hmm. down the street. Get a life, seriously. Just you know, grow the fuck up. Yeah, and stop sexualizing lesbians. 
Exactly. That's another thing. I don't know. Well, the sexualization of just gay people in general. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, we have gay sex. People have straight sex all the time, and nobody talks about that. In fact, straight sex is arguably more artistic in film than gay sex is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because people... when people have, straight, like, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what any of the characters from Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's it's very that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's deemed okay. okay yeah, that's deemed, deemed fine. Uh, but if it was too... If it was gay sex, it would be banned in a lot of countries. Absolutely. When it's just it's just sex. Everyone does it. Everybody does it with whoever well, apart, they want. Well, apart from you. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you know, I just, I just think it's like, like people think that, that, and I think that that's why this scene where they have sex is so important. Yeah. Because it, it's tasteful. It is. It's not gross. No. It's not explicit. No. It's just two people being intimate. Absolutely. Damn, she really needs some dick over here, does she? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I will take applications. <laughs> No dick pics, please. No dick pics. Okay, so... Just illustrated drawings. <laughs> Let's move on to our aesthetics. Aesthetic. And our shot of the week, our Shots new... Shot of the week. Segment. New shot segment. of the week is so exciting. We yes. have decided to pick our favourite shot from the film and talk a wee bit about why that's our favourite shot. Yes, it's basically the shot that we feel captures the tone of the movie, captures the, tone, the theme of the film, maybe like character arcs, are so symbolic in this place. And if it has any significance to us personally. Yes. So we have posted our shots of the week on our Instagram page, which is at LTFB podcast. So go and check out to see yes. our shot of the week there and, and then you can compare while listening to them. Yes. So we'll give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Right. You've got them on their screen. Cool. Yay. <laughs> so we'll start with Anna's uh, shot of the week because hers yes. was posted first. Mine was posted first. Um, it is the shot where... Megan is walking down the aisle and there's all the white people to her sides. Dressed in white, not white dressed people. In, I mean, both. <laughs> uh, yeah, people dressed in white and she's dressed in an orange chiller outfit. And I feel like this is really good because... It's I mean, an iconic part of the film. It really, it, it really is. It happens um, when Megan gets this realisation that she loves Graham and that she wants to be with her. And, and that she's going to defy all the defy all the, all the things the that she's things, being taught. The good values that are actually not. Um, and you know she's giving up so much in that moment. She's giving up. She really is. Her family and any friends that she's had because she believes finally that it's okay to be herself, and she that if those that love people. Is love. <laughs> Literally. Did you just <laughs> wait? I've never heard that saying before. Love is love. Love is love. That's an. Un- right, guys. That's copyrighted now. That's copyrighted. <laughs> Love is love. Let's talk film, bitches. You are so sassy today. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> um, yes, love is love. And her <laughs> being off. in her orange cheerleader outfit has is just so symbolic because the symbol of orange is of like non-gender stereotypes. It's a it's a color of cleansing of character. She's not being forced into... Wearing a certain thing. Or... Yeah, into like wearing a certain colour or doing a certain thing. I think that's really interesting because nothing... I had a little peek at your notes last night and yeah, I saw that and I was like, OMG, that's amazing. I didn't you know even what, notice Neve, that. Neve said like, oh yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring that up in the podcast. <laughs> well, touche. <laughs> <laughs> touche? Touche. Oh, I brought yeah. it up first. Sorry. 
I thought you said Are you like questioning my English I thought you said like touche as in like touche coulet. It's too much. Touché. Too much shay. Too much shay. Um yeah. So what was your shot of the week? So my shot of the week was in the montage where um Graham and Megan are really starting to hit it off and it's a, a picture of them on the floor scrubbing the floor together and their expressions are just so important and they're just so happy and in love and this moment is just really important to me because I feel like it sums up the letting go of any, everything else that anyone is telling you and Literally. being with the one person that makes you happy yeah and you know, I know what it feels like to be the one to be with the one person that makes you happy. You know. Yeah, I wonder how that feels like. How does it feel, Neve? <laughs> oh, it's the most amazing feeling. Yeah, and, you I know, bet. To be to be in love with someone and to feel like you're defying. I think I'll try defying gravity. But this is what happens when you're in love, and this is the choice that I've made to not be in love. <laughs> but when you're with, especially, I think it's a different feeling when you're in a when you're in a relationship that is that some people don't like i mean millie and i still walk down the street and get glares That's for holding disgusting. hands and it's just the feeling of being in your own bubble and feeling like that none of that matters anymore yeah, it does not like none nobody's opinion matters except if you're happy and but, if you're happy that's it and i just i just thought this moment was they were in their own bubble and they were just yeah loving each other I feel like it was the first time we saw Megan actually happy in the film. Absolutely, yeah. Apart yeah. from when she's cheerleading. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which is basically in your, um, which is your shot of the week, anyways. So yeah, that's exactly. The, which the is... most standout moments to us are when Megan realizes that this is the only way that she's going to lead a happy life, mm -hmm. without being tainted by religion or any other influences from yeah. her parents or friends. So she should really thank her parents because in their homophobia, they actually pushed her to become a better person. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, sure. Psych. So that is it for aesthetic, I think, in our shot of the week. Um, obviously, apart from the, um, the colours and things. Yeah, the colours. I'll be quick. Yeah, go for segment it. Segment on colours. Uh, I, I felt like the whole... Like, it was very... There was a lot of pink undertones in the film. Mm -hmm. The sky was very pink. And I think that there's a great pink undertone when Megan and Graham are having sex. When they're... Yeah. It's really warm. And I heard someone describe it as the light. It's, like, lit. Like, there's only a, a crack in the door. Like, yeah. it's, it's just this lovely, dark light where you can only see what you need to see. Exactly. And... That's what it feels like when you're having sex. Great. <laughs> just, so, just so you know. Oh, my God. Thank you for your educational help. <laughs> oh, my God. You're going to go and, and find someone now, and then you'll know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, the whole film was so sickly pink. Like, yeah. I feel like the more saturated the pink became, the more the more like disgusting and tainted it, it was. Because at the start, it's very like, doesn't she wear pink clothes at the start? She surely does. I'm not sure. What, before she goes to conversion? Yeah. I'm not sure, actually. I don't think okay. so. If she does, they're very, like, nice pinks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not like these but starch, it does become, neon pinks. Yeah, especially when we get to the very end. I mean, we can see that, because when oh they're first God. given their clothes to wear, it's very light pinks. But at the end, they're all wearing these, like, 
shiny, uh, glossy material, pink and blue suits, and they're yeah. in, almost engulfed in their identities that have been thrust upon them. Yep. So do you have you do you remember the fifth Harry Potter film, Order of the Fe- Order of the Phoenix? Yeah. It's like Professor Umbridge, because in the film, <laughs> Professor Umbridge's out closet, yeah, or wardrobe, gets progressively like more pink as she gets more power in Hogwarts. Yeah. So I I kind of make that connection with the film. Absolutely, that's that a good sense. one. Score? Score. I so have a dreamy. lot to say about this score. Go for it. So there's a lot of relevance with this score because it's mainly female artists, which... Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's just it just highlights the, the lesbianism in the, in the film. But I want to talk about one song in particular that is extremely important to a lot of... Um, to a lot of lesbian women, which yes. is a song by Tattletale called Glass Vase Cello Case, which is not Ooh. available anywhere on Spotify. You can only find it on really? YouTube. This is the song that plays when they're having sex and when Megan walks down the aisle. It's the same song. Oh, nice. And it's got some... The strings in it. And it's just really... To a lot of lesbian women and queer women, it's really an important song. Um, because it just defines what it feels like to be in love with someone. Um, and I think that the score just perfectly sums up the quirkiness of the film and yeah. the the feeling of being a bit different um, because it's a exactly. lot of these like kind of acoustic-y, grungy, feminine women or feminist women even um, that give the message of kind of like, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. And I feel like it's like such a dreamy score that it really gets across... Similar to Juno, I feel like it gets across Very the happy-go-lucky nature of Megan. Absolutely, that's that's extremely true. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities between Megan and Juno. I feel like as true, characters. Yeah, absolutely, it's very, very similar. They become in, they're innocent and then they're yeah they're forced through these different experiences like having a child and uh, going to conversion therapy. Yeah, that's true. It really shapes who they are, and I feel like. As the score progresses and as the characters progress, the score also becomes more serious. Mm-hmm. And the, like, the... With the... Oh, yeah, the... The little jingles at the... Yeah. At the the sections become slightly more... um, Slightly... What? what? Slightly... Sorry, they I become was, slightly... I was just looking at that little bubble. And go for it. They become slightly. I don't know what you're saying. Ominous. They become slightly ominous. Yeah, and, and they like make that... you feel a bit unsafe. Because at the next? start, it's kind of like, like quite yeah. happy. Like, oh, it's just this is just a bit of fun. It's not actually going to come to exactly. anything. And then you realise that oh shit, they're going to be at this ceremony that looks like a marriage ceremony, and you know. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, like I said before, it really reminds me of old self-help videos. I feel like yeah, and it's sounds. it's easy to do. Like they're when they're having those little um, like those segments, it feels like, like it's easy. It feels like you're almost watching you something can do that it is too. yeah. Please do not do that. No, please don't. Uh, like in five simple steps, you can become heterosexual too. Sorry, I'm just looking at a picture of Sadie Sink on your wall. Yes. We are recording in my bedroom. 
as you might have guessed. City sink and the chicken from Walls and Gromit. And the chicken from Walls and uh, My room is filled with culture. <laughs> um, and the last note I have for music is that... I just like the uplifting music through the entire thing makes the, the conversion therapy part so much more appalling and outrageous. Like It's, just, it's almost juxtaposition with how sickly it, sweet it is. But at the same time, it's like... Why? Why are you doing why are this you to being, our characters? Yeah, yeah. the the whole The whole pink and blueness, and oh, we can't have you doing that. Like it's it's not like you're discussing. It's like it's like oh, that's unacceptable. Like Ghastly. it's so it's so camp that yeah. you almost don't realize what's happening, and you just think it's yeah. a bit of a joke. And then when things become more serious, you're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's you just... get two. I feel like you get two different experiences watching this film. If you watch it like with paying like half attention, yeah, like oh, it's a camp film, and then if you pay really not like really good amount of attention, yeah, like you you understand how sinister it actually is, and how serious the topic at hand is. Absolutely. And yeah. So ah, uh, that was. But I'm a cheerleader. But I'm a cheerleader. Done. So what would you rate this film, Anna? 9.5 yeah I think so too yeah. I would I would honestly yeah a 9.75 10 I, I would go as far as a 10 it's like yeah. it's a perfect depiction I, there wouldn't, I wouldn't say there was anything wrong with that film yeah it was really well directed behind the camera there was really good talent in front of the camera there was really good representation it's just an all around great film and the message was just really important to get across absolutely and it's one of a kind that don't, not, not many uh, directors do Absolutely. To gravitate to. I would, I would give it the same. And would you watch it again? Of course, I would actually watch it again tonight if I had the chance. <laughs> Me too. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> it's a date. <laughs> Sorry, Millie. <laughs> okay, so that is. But I'm a cheerleader. We hope you have enjoyed this. Now, before we go, we're just going to talk about our picks of the week for next week. Yes. So my pick of the week for you. Last week I said that there was two war films I wanted to give you. Okay. Last week I gave you Imitation Game and you really liked it. So I hope you go into this next film with the same open-mindedness. My pick of the week, I was going to say show of the week, is 1917. The film about the First World War. Okay. Who's in it? It is. I know it, but I can't remember. I don't know who's in it, but it's basically a film that the cinematography you will notice like straight okay. away because the whole film is so is like continuous from start to finish oh okay. there's no cuts oh or it doesn't look like there's any cuts oh really so it's just like one shot through the entire film oh wow so it's really it's really impressive how they managed to do that okay so my pick of the week for you anna is a Netflix film called Don't Look Up. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've With seen, I've Leonardo seen DiCaprio things. and Jennifer Lawrence in it, which yes. I was, I watched this on a whim. Um, I was pretty like, oh, everyone was kind of raving about it. It's it's a satirical film as well. Oh, nice. So it's, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's the best film ever, but it's definitely not the worst film ever. And it's definitely got some real world implications today. So Oh, nice. I'm am excited to see that. really looking forward to seeing what you think of that. Yes. Okay, so... so Next week, we will be looking at the film Parasite, which was an Oscar nomination, actually won the Oscar nomination for Best Picture, the Academy Award for Best Picture. And it is directed by Bong Joon-ho. I hope I pronounced that right. 
and I'm very excited to watch this because I've heard Me too. such good things. It's a things. pandemic film, is it? Yeah, I'm sure it is. It came out. Just no, but I mean, is it? But it's a film about the pandemic, about our pandemic. Yes, is it not? Yeah, right. yes. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it'll so be exciting to see because I remember when it came out, everyone was like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> well, we're fucked, and we were. Yep. For two years. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Film Bitches. If you'd like yes. to uh, be more involved with us outside of the podcast, you can follow us on yes. Instagram. Instagram is now completely up and running. You can yes. follow us at LTFB Podcast. We have such amazing content. There, oh yeah, we've got really some really good content coming to you guys soon. So make sure you follow that. Yes. And, and if you want to suggest any films we should review, you can DM us on Instagram and you can also email us at ltfbpodcast at gmail.com. Perfect. So yes. that's it from us, I think, today. Yes. Uh, please share with your friends and family. And please Anybody? leave us a five-star rating. Yes, we're dying for it. Please. 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 Okay. Please. <laughs> please. please. Ready, please. Okay. Are we ready to roll the track? <laughs> roll the track. Bye, guys. Bye.